Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. So we've got a new discovery about what I think could be the Black Swan event of 2024, especially when you consider the real estate market, which would, of course, apply to the banking system, the global economy, and everything else like we saw in 2008 and 2009. So let's get right over to this article right away. New bill in Congress would force SFR giants to sell off their portfolios. What is SFR? I believe single family real estate, basically single family homes. Let's keep going. Democrats, boy, this is just a perfect example of unintended consequences, right? Democrats in Congress are looking to force institutional investors to not only sell off their amassed collection of single-family homes, but also ban <laughs> groups like BlackRock, Invitation Homes, American Homes for Rent, and First Key Homes from buying more to convert into rentals. What could possibly go wrong here? Now, I'm not for these huge entities owning you know, half this, not, not half, but a, a huge percentage of overall single-family homes, but I'm also not in favor of the government coming in and making it illegal for them to do so. As with most government programs, this is going to cause, or this would cause, a lot more problems than it would solve. But let's keep going here. We're going to go through this and then connect the dots at the end of this article. So, Senator, and uh, it's, it's the Democrats here, <laughs> as you would expect that, uh, boy, oh boy, what is it? The road to hell is paved with good intentions. Senator Jeff Merkley of Oregon and Representative Adam Smith from Washington introduced a bill titled the End Hedge Fund Control of American Homes Act of 2023. Okay. Well, we're headed into 2024. So uh, I guess they set it up in 2023, but I don't know, vote on it 2024, something like that. I don't know how that works exactly, but that's what we'll assume because this is a recent article. That also would impose tax penalties on these firms that would fund down payment assistance for individuals to buy the homes being sold by major institutions. What? Let's let's rewind here. So the End Hedge Fund Control of American Homes Act of 2023 that would also impose tax penalties on these firms that would fund down payment assistance for individuals to buy the homes being sold by major institutions. Hmm. I don't know why they would want to discourage individuals from buying these homes, but maybe I'm, I'm not understanding that fully. But that's not the main takeaway here. The main takeaway is you've got these politicians that are now trying to push, push, push for these huge mega funds to unload their properties. And now you may be saying to yourself, okay, George, why is that a bad idea? Sounds good to me. I don't want Larry Fink to be my landlord. Okay, well, <laughs> if you're someone that is in the market to buy a home, then yeah, this is fantastic news. I totally agree. But if you're someone that is dependent upon your job for your living, this could be very, very bad news. <laughs> Why? Unemployment rate skyrocket. If you're someone that currently owns a home, this could be very, very bad news. Because you've been sitting there telling yourself every night that you go to bed, trying to make yourself feel better about your personal situation, that the real estate market is never, ever, 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 ever going to come down. 
There's a short supply, short supply, short supply. It's like having an anxiety attack, right? When you look at all of these factors, when you look at the inversion of the curve and whatnot, and then you realize that 90% of your net worth is tied up in your home equity, what do you do? You sit there and try to rationalize it. And you tell yourself, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. For, for Just stop watching George Gammon. Just stop, stop watching YouTube. Just, just forget about it. Just put the blinders on. No, you know, real estate's going to go up forever. No, you know, it's, it's going to do that. No, but why? There's short supply. There's short supply. There's short supply. So many people fall into that category. And I get it. I totally get it. That's the way we're hardwired. But the ostrich strategy is not a viable means to long-term success. <laughs> what I mean by that, just sticking your head in the sand, that's not going to solve anything. That's just going to make matters worse. So if you are a homeowner, I, I would definitely be paying attention to this stuff for sure. So you may be saying, okay, George, well, we're historically low supply, inventory short. So this would just get us up to, to normal. Yeah, that's right. It would get us back to normal. Or it might even be less than normal. But prices aren't dependent upon normal supply. They're dependent upon the current supply relative to the current demand. And what we know definitively, just look at the price, is that demand is at an all-time low. Again, we'll connect these dots a little bit further when we get down to the bottom of the article. If enacted, unlikely until at least 2025 with divided Congress. Okay, so they're looking to uh, put this into effect in 2025 if it goes through, or I'm sure it's, it's I don't know how this becomes, a, goes from a suggestion into law. You guys probably know that a lot better than I do. But uh, anyway, bottom line here, 2025 is when they, this would come into effect if it does. The bill would severely hamper what has become a rapidly growing sector of commercial real estate, single family rentals. Uh, that's what the SFR meant. Now commonly referred to as F SFR investing. Okay. All firms that manage funds pooled from investors would be subject to a, the bill and thus forced to sell off their SFR portfolios over the next decade. Ah, over the next decade. Okay, well, that's a little bit better. But what this will do, even if they're, they can gradually sell these things off, is it's going to create a lot less demand. Because if you've got a pie chart right now, let's say, and it represents total demand in the United States, part of that pie chart is going to be BlackRock or Blackstone or whatever these huge groups are. We'll just use BlackRock as a proxy for that. It's going to be Larry Fink. Okay. Now, what percentage of the overall demand is Larry Fink? I, I don't know. You, you've got to determine that on your, is it 5%? Is it 25%? I think it really depends on the area. In some areas, I, I would say it's probably 25%, maybe even higher. But then in other areas, it's probably, it, it could be almost nothing. So the point here is that if Larry Fink is no longer a bidder, then that is going to, on net balance, or in the aggregate total, it's going to reduce demand significantly. Okay, well, again, what we're talking about here, price is simply a function of supply relative to demand. So let's just say they have to start selling some of their homes. Okay, well, that would increase supply, but they can't buy any more. So supply goes up, demand goes down. What happens to price? Getting back to 
the article. This is a quote. So Merkley, I think this is one of the knuckleheaded politicians here. They're all, not, oh yeah, of course. If you're a politician from Oregon, yikes. Not only are you, all politicians are bad, but when you get into the Oregon, Washington, California area, they're, they're, <laughs> they're the worst of the worst. <laughs> uh, so this clown from Oregon said in a press release, it's time for Congress to put in place common sense guardrails that ensure all families have a fair chance to buy or rent a decent home in their community at a price they can afford. Uh, that Who can afford, by the way? And who's going to define decent? Is, is Mr. Merkley going to define decent based on what metrics? His decent and my decent might be a lot different. Might be a delta there. I don't want to pick this apart, but you guys understand why just these politicians and and the, the way they talk is just so ridiculous. The, even the narrative, it just falls apart after like five seconds of scrutiny. But anyway, a yeah, price they can afford. <laughs> what, what does that even mean? A, a price who can afford? Everyone? So, the, 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 so let's think that one through. If, if we want a price that everyone can afford, Okay, well, there's some people that are working at McDonald's making minimum wage. So you want to bring down home prices to the point where they can rent or buy a quote-unquote decent home. And let's not forget, we're not talking about apartments here. We're talking about houses. So how far would prices have to come down in order to make that a reality? That would be like 90%. <laughs> so again, this Merkley clown, it's just so typical for the political class. All right, the move is the latest push or push back against the SFR industry. I mean, this is, I, I'll bet you this is going to pick up steam because it seems like something that not only the Democrats would be in favor of, but I'll bet a lot of the Republicans would as well, just kind of the populist Republicans. And again, just we need to look at the unintended consequences. And it wouldn't be all bad because, yeah, if you were someone that was trying to buy a home, this would be fantastic because home prices come down. But but by how much, right? The home prices come down by 5%. They come down by 50%. Well, you say, George, how would it come down by 50%? Because remember, the home prices are set at margin. So let's just assume that there's 150 million homes right now in the United States. Only 500,000 of them are for sale. So wherever those 500,000 trade, that is going to be the price or the value of all the other 150 million homes. That's what we have to remember. So if the price of just these 500,000 homes goes down by 15%, those are the comps. And the price of all the other homes goes down by the same amount. What does that do to equity? What does that do to demand? What does that do to the economy? What's that due to the unemployment rate? See, these are the knock-on effects that we have to think through. And, and by the way, another thing that I'd point out is let's just assume for a moment you could wave a magic wand and there's no more Larry Finks in the market as far as bidders. Now, I, I agree that would probably be a good thing, but it's not without consequences, right? Because let, let's just consider this. Say we do have a hard landing. <laughs> Excuse me. Say we do have a hard landing, we have a recession in 2024. Okay, unemployment rate goes up. And then even if interest rates are lower, demand for homes is probably even lower than it is today with the higher interest rates. Why? Because the unemployment rate's going up. People are scared. They don't want to do anything. They're losing their job. And therefore, they're, they're not going to make such a huge purchase. Okay, so in the past, what has happened is 
and I know this darn well in 2012, 2013, 14, and then in 2020, is the big groups came in and started buying, buying on the cheap. Okay, well, what did that do to the price? It propped it up or it was higher than it otherwise would be. So if those players are out of the game and the only player that's now in the game as far as demand are basically all the people that are selling, we've got to look at the cost, the benefit. We've got to look at the trade-offs here. And what this would lead to is likely lower nominal price and, and potentially significantly lower prices. During the depths of the pandemic, Wall Street jumped into the, resi- this is exactly what I was just saying. Wall Street jumped into the residential real estate market by 2021. So you had all that demand. So if they would not have done that, the prices would have gone a lot lower. That's my point. So if that better is gone in the future, then you should expect us to have a lot more volatility in prices, especially downside volatility. By 2021, a quarter of all single family rentals were owned by investors tied up in limited partnerships, limited liability corporations, estate trustees, real estate companies, and real estate investment trusts, according to the Census Bureau. Okay, so what I would be interested in, though, is how they're defining these, quote-unquote, hedge funds. Because there's got to be a cutoff there. It's not just a hedge fund, or it's not just, like, how are they are they defining someone who owns more than 10 homes? I, I, I don't know. Let's click on this and see if we can find out. Oh, so they're defining it as excess, excess single family residences. Okay, what we're trying to do is define who this bill would apply to or what entity. I'm sure it's not going to be just applicable to BlackRock or Larry Fink. It's going to be potentially applicable to just normal real estate investors. Let's keep going here. Special rule for certain sales. Okay. Maximum permissible units. The maximum permissible permissible units with respect to any applicable taxpayer for any taxable year. Wow. So if I'm reading this right, it doesn't really, yes, it does apply to BlackRock, but that's more so in name as far as the name and the hedge fund thing. This applies to not only BlackRock, but it would apply to any entity, any LLC, which would apply to most real estate investors with over a certain number of units. They're saying a maximum permissible number of units. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow rebel capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Well, let's keep going here. The first full taxable year beginning after the second, 40% of the number of applicable single family residents owed by taxpayer on the applicable date. Okay, well, but what's the, the qualification parameters? Okay, then now they're talking about the applicable date. Here we go. Hedge fund taxpayer. For purposes of this subsection, the term hedge fund taxpayer means 
with respect to any taxable year, any applicable taxpayer which has 50 million or more in net value or assets under management. Now, for those of you in the chat right now watching this video, you may say to yourself, oh, George, who cares? 50 million, that's a lot. Uh, it is, it is, but it definitely applies to a lot more entities outside of just hedge funds. Well, like who? Who would be an example? I'll give you a, a name, a buddy of mine, meet Kevin. I almost guarantee you, if you took his entire portfolio, that it would be worth over 50 million is his real estate portfolio. Because keep in mind, he's used a lot of leverage, right? Now, I, I don't know the specifics, but let's just say that Kevin put, uh, he was doing, let's just say he was putting 10% down. Okay, well, he's got a $50 million portfolio that he's put 5 million out of pocket. Okay, so is it outrageous to assume that there's people out there that aren't hedge funds that are coming up with $5 million? For their total real estate portfolio? Of course, of course. So you're basically talking about everyone, everyone in the real estate market between Meet Kevin and Larry Fink. So all that demand, gone. And not only that, they would have to start selling their assets as of right now. I mean, well, the title of the video is just a perfect, pretty much summation. And that's... a. Real estate black swan. Let's see if we've got any more details. Uh, in the second quarter, investors purchased 50,000 homes in the U.S., totaling $36 billion. In the second quarter, investors, which would probably qu qualify for this, 50,000 homes. That doesn't sound like a lot, but it is when you consider that we've only had 500,000 homes for sale at any given time. Those in the build to rent and SFR space say they're providing much needed housing the growing demographic of people who rent by necessity or choice. Policies really need to be shaped so that they support production, investment, development of new housing. Here's another quote. Wealth has become concentrated in the hands of the very few, Smith told the New York Times. This is just another way to do that. Commoditize housing so that investors get all the money. I think they're talking about this trend toward the Larry Finks owning all of the, or a good majority of the properties out there. Wow, that is crazy. I don't know the probabilities of that coming to fruition, but what I can tell you is if it does, and if I was reading that correctly, where it would apply to everyone from meet Kevin to Larry Fink, <laughs> to say this would be a, a headwind for nominal prices is the understatement of the year. But keep in mind, it's only January 9th. <laughs> so for the last nine days, that would be the biggest understatement I have made on this channel. <laughs> and that said, guys, enjoy the rest of your day. If you want to find out what I'm doing with my own portfolio for 2024, I just created an in-depth video, a deep dive called, I think it's like the George Gammon Financial Game Plan for 2024. You can check that out and you can see how I am preserving and hopefully building wealth throughout the rest of this year. Guys, remember, always stand up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism, and we'll see you on the next video.